Hello, and welcome to The Form Review. Today, we'll be talking about the 2022 film, Jurassic World Dominion. So sit back, relax, grab your drinks, and let's talk about this film. What's up, y'all, and welcome back to The Form Review. This is Season 5, Episode 12, for tuning in once again. Now, this episode is going to be a bigger analysis because I will be going into the full Jurassic Park franchise and also the new film. So if you want to hear the full analysis on everything, stay tuned. Now before I get into the film, I do want to preface this episode with a spoiler warning for mainly the older films in this franchise. It has been a while, so most of you have had probably a chance to at least watch a good amount of them. As always, I do suggest though, go watch the films if you haven't seen them before you hear what I have to say about them so you fully understand everything. I will do my best to keep the film fairly vague for you, but I, if you don't care about that, just keep listening. Also, I know I talk about this at the end, but the data shows that most most people don't listen to that part, so I want to talk about it here and reiterate the importance of leaving reviews on your favorite subscription services. I do read those because I do want to grow because these episodes are really for all you listeners out there and I want to keep this entertaining. So what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear games? Do you want to hear more of the 4K stuff? Do you want to hear me talk about a certain movie? If you want to come on and talk to me about something for you want to debate, I'm always open to do stuff like that. So you can always reach out to me on social media. I always want to grow and improve and just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved so if there's something that you want me to improve on let me know and I will grow as such so anyway let's get back to the film at hand so let's sit back relax grab your drinks and let's talk about this film Jurassic World Dominion is a science fiction action film directed by Colin Trevorrow, written by Trevorrow and Emily Carmichael, and based on a story by Trevorrow and Derek Connolly. It is the sequel to 2018's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which in itself is also a sequel to the prior film Jurassic World. It is officially the sixth installment in the Jurassic Park franchise, and it is the final film in the Jurassic World trilogy, and thus it is essentially, or it is supposedly, the conclusion to the storyline that started with the original Jurassic Park film. This film stars an ensemble cast including Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, B.D. Wong, Omar Sy, Isabel Sermon, Justice Smith, and Daniela Panetta, prizing their roles from their previous films in the franchise, and they are joined by Dewanda Wise, Mamadou Athi, Campbell Scott, Scott Hayes, and Dechin Lachman. Now, interestingly, this is the first time since the original film that Dern, Goldblum, and Neil reprised their roles in a film, and they're all in it together. This film is is set four years after the events of Fallen Kingdom where dinosaurs now living alongside humans around the world. Now before I go into any more thoughts on this movie specifically, I'm going to say that I did not like it. It is bad. If you really want to go watch it, go ahead. Overall, I'm not going to really hold back on some spoilers on this specific film because it's, yeah, it's bad. And I'm not going to be rating the film high just as a preface. So if you want to come back and listen to it after you've seen it, but at the end of the day, that's what it is. But let's continue on anyway. Now, before I give the full analysis on this film, I should probably go into what I thought of the other films in the franchise. Now, the first film is an absolute classic that is still great to this day. Now, aside from the technology used by the characters in the film, Spielberg's take on Michael Creighton's novel is unbelievably holds up to this day. The John Williams score and the special effects that brought dinosaurs to life is still incredible, and it really keeps the film absolutely thrilling from start to finish. The only small minor flaw in it is that the entire 
protagonists don't really have that much of a punch, but that's such a minor, minor nitpick that really it does not ruin my experience of the film. What holds up about it is, is its overlying ethical conversation. Throughout the film, the characters discuss the ethics of what's happening on the island and the controversial topic of scientific advancement. While many believe that dinosaurs are immensely cool and technology could eventually allow us to recreate these creatures, should we? Do humans have the right to play God? The combination of scientists and children represent the audience watching this film and people like children go to these films wanting to see dinosaurs and perhaps wanting to see them in real life but a logical adult sees the problem with trying to live with dinosaurs and this is the debate that is being pushed with this film and does that take away from the thrilling aspect no not even a little bit and the dinosaurs are only on screen for maybe 15 minutes because Spielberg is able to keep these creatures away from the audience to build anticipation and which creates this effect of terror and also wonder and this is one of those film classics that really uses horror film tropes to scare the audience about the threshold of creation and Spielberg really succeeds immensely in this film in creating one of the best monster adventure films of all time and this is one of those films that I would rate a 5 out of 5. After that though the sequels went downhill while the second one may be one of Spielberg's lesser films it isn't terrible as it still has some great production value especially with its cinematography. There are some thrilling aspects of a typical Spielberg film and the previous films such as the raptors in the tall grass scene and they do make the cover up of the prior film fairly logical with non-disclosure agreements but the reason behind the second island is just god awful. That and then also the gymnastics defeat a raptor scene is why this film is fairly forgettable. Goldblum is in his prime of being Goldblum to the highest extent here but it's not really a saving grace and every other person in this film is fairly plain. The dinosaurs somehow still look worse even on 4k than the prior film and this takes away the wonder that the prior film had and it turns out to be an average monster movie and it's a film that I would rate a two and a half out of five. Then the third film comes around and marks the return of Neil Rodolfo Dern for a little bit but it leaves out Spielberg and John Williams score and this film actually interestingly started filming before the script was done and honestly it still shows that that was the case. It does try to recapture the magic by involving some of the main characters of the original and also adding a really good dinosaur antagonist in the Spinosaurus and this makes the film somewhat tolerable. That and it's fairly short runtime. However, William H. Macy and Tia Leone's marriage plot is absolutely dreadful and again, the dinosaurs somehow look worse than the prior two films. And this shows especially during the Tyrannosaurus Rex and Spinosaurus fight. The magic really from the original is essentially gone and it comes off as alpha as a generic horror film involving teenagers making really dumb decisions. The only saving grace is that every stupid aspect of this film is really saved by that really short runtime. But at the end of the day, this film is just so bad that it would go for a one and a half out of five for me. Now, fast forward 14 years and they were able to do this reboot slash sequel, but as the films played out, it ends up being just a sequel with new characters. But the idea at the time was it takes place in the same universe as the other films. But either way, it still builds on Spielberg's original film by updating the story with a quote unquote successful part 
park that it was implemented on the original island. It even touches on a similar message, but it's not one that's about creation, it's more about human greed. People in general want things that are faster, stronger, and tougher, and in this case, have more teeth. They aren't happy with just simply having dinosaurs in existence that they get to see as audience members can at their local zoo. And this message does hold strong throughout the film as the original message did with the original film. But as the original did, the humans in the film have to create something new. They create the Adominus Rex, which is this new creature with abilities for once. And for once in a Jurassic Park sequel, the special effects look amazing and definitely show the advancements in technology since the original film. Now the Indominus Rex is perhaps the best antagonist dinosaur in the entire franchise. And the way that they market this up even prior to this film being released of not really showing anything about it, just kind of creating this mystery about this creature, it really added to the overall feel of this film. And there are a lot of nostalgia bits to it. However, it, and I'll go into that in a little bit more, but it still shows the improvements of where a film has come since the original. Now, Chris Pratt plays the hero in this film who can communicate with raptors that may give off a very silly line or two, but he's enjoyable enough. And But one of the biggest flaws of this film, even though it is enjoyable, is that it relies so much on nostalgia. And it doesn't even hide it so much because it ends up being the punchline of a joke. And then the plot line is pretty much the exact same as the original, just with the new monster. Owen Grady is Dr. Grant. Claire Danning is essentially a worse Dr. Sattler. There's two annoying kids, and they're essentially brought together by a rich man who wants to have the best park ever. Everything else is fairly ridiculous and outlandish, such as when Claire runs from a Tyrannosaurus Rex in high heels that they make up for in the fall films, but they don't really address how she was able to do that. Small nitpick, but it is kind of annoying to see because given how fast T-Rexes can run, it's not really possible. Anyway, overall, this film does work for an entertaining and good popcorn flick. It ends up just being a mix of the prior films with better attempt for a message, but it's also outrageous and cheesy scenes. The lack of sophistication that this film has makes the message not as engaging as the original. Again, it is still good and entertaining. It just lacks the full wonder that the original had. And I would rate this a 3.5 out of 5. Now, when it comes to the second film in the Jurassic World franchise, I did a review on this back early on episode 7 of the entire series, and you can go check that out. It is very different from the style right now, but the general gist of this film is that the relationships in this and how it connects are creative and interesting. They just don't land every single one extremely well. Again, Chris Pratt is better here, and honestly, even Howard is slightly better in this film. The tone of it is what really makes this film a little bit more enjoyable. It's one of the few films that really tries to go for a more darker tone. And from that aspect, it is entertaining. It's just long. It will keep most viewers entertained for the runtime, but honestly, it is just stupid and honestly fairly boring throughout the entire time. The film plays out pretty much exactly the way you would imagine it to. Honestly, there's this bait and switch and then the sketchy rich people are doing these kind of things behind the scenes that really aren't as good as they play off at the beginning of the film. And then the new genetic dinosaur that they make from a concept level it is cool but it just looks like a normal raptor so it's not as intimidating because there's other raptors that look exactly the same and the only kind of interesting thing is that it can be controlled which 
again, from an idea and concept perspective, it sounds really dope. The execution of it, it just comes off as something that somebody wrote into the story just based on a cool factor and not really based on any real thought behind it and that it does look exactly the same as a raptor except with maybe some cool colors on it the message of the film is kind of awful but it tries to do this corporate greed message along with animal rights it's just not thought out very well it really just doesn't know what it's trying to do it has decent action the decent acting but just everything else is just honestly forgettable and is frankly just trash and it's so convoluted that you kind of forget that some of these plot points play a part in the following film when you're watching it because of just how confusing this film is and I talked about this on the first time I reviewed it and again this goes into the idea of the new film is that it just comes to being doing something bigger and doing something not essentially new just changing it up a little bit and it's come going down the path of Fast and Furious and the Transformers films, not trying to focus on the actual story and just kind of doing cool action bits. And honestly, if that's the type of film that you're looking for with these films, they do well at that, but that that doesn't equal a good film. It just equals an entertaining one. And again, unfortunately, this sequel just fell down the rabbit hole of kind of bad (laughs) sequels. But I would say it because of the tone and kind of attempts at everything that it does, it has some entertaining bits, but it ends up being at the end of the day, fairly average because it doesn't really try to do too many new things overall but the new things that it does try are very interesting so it ends up being kind of average at a 2.5 out of 5. Now going into this new film as I tried to illustrate already I didn't have high hopes for it because the sequels have been so to be nice iffy but go into it with an open mind maybe they could surprise me and maybe come up with something at least as good as first Jurassic World film and based on how the trailer showed the film it was going to be about dinosaurs living on songs like humans. That's not what this film's about. It honestly is just a somewhat more progression of really stupid humans doing more stupid things and dinosaurs just happen to be there. And this is now a big and unfortunate pattern that I noticed when I did the rewatch of this series prior to seeing it. The wow factor again after the first film somewhat went away which they did eventually come back and somewhat capture with the Indominus Rex in the first Jurassic World but the humans just get dumber and dumber as each one goes on and unfortunately Jurassic World Dominion keeps to that pattern. Now the plot here starts off four years after the volcanic destruction of Isla Nublar and now the dinosaurs are among us. There's plenty of news reports showing how they've taken hold of the world causing havoc, raising families, and also nesting atop the World Trade Center and then munching down on the occasional human being. That's it though. That's very early on in the film because then you kind of fast forward and they're somehow, relatively speaking, under control. And this is, uh, again, just kind of a rehash of what all the films have been here. So Owen Grady, played again by Pratt and Claire Deering, played by Howard, are living off the grid and raising the teenage clone named Maisie from the last film played by Sermon. But then she's abducted by poachers and then they hit the road to rescue. On another part of the country, Dr. Sattler, again played by Dern, has now grown concerned about a plague that of genetically modified locusts are ravaging America's crops so she asks Dr. Grant and again by Neil to help her figure out why. And these two stories basically coincide at a research facility run by eccentric billionaire named Lewis Dodgton played by Scott who quote unquote has human 
mind's best interests at heart. Now, before I get more into the negatives of this film, there are some good parts about it. There is a part in the middle where the film sets up an idea for a dinosaur black market where they have them as these rare items that will fight each other like in cockfights and, and then could be eaten like an exotic meat. They then escape and then there's this big fight that's somewhat in the trailer that when I saw the trailer, I thought looked stupid. However, this is honestly the most entertaining portion of the film. The dinosaurs are loose in the city and this stuff is really great and really exciting. And this is the bit that's really helped by the 40X viewing experience. And I'll go into that in a little bit more, but this sequence also introduces a new pilot character who's really cool, who the film franchise, if they choose to continue, could go off of because she is a very entertaining character and she's played by Wise and honestly she is really dope. I liked her a lot and additionally this is probably the best the dinosaurs have looked since the first film. There's a really good mix here of CGI and practical effects that shot very well and they also designed the dinosaurs fairly creatively so honestly if you're going to the film for dinosaurs alone this film will do it for you. From that one point of view this film does very well. The biggest problem with this film is that the story has very little to do with the dinosaurs. And the small part of it that does have the dinosaurs is the same story that we have seen in prior films. But I could be wrong. Now here's again, let me tell you their story. Maybe I'm wrong here, right? They take the dinosaurs and they put them on a huge chunk of land that's away from everybody and only a few people can get them. Then the dinosaurs get loose on that island and then the people have to escape. Such a new concept for a Jurassic Park film. Ugh. This film simply goes back and forth from just simply bad to it's so good it's bad, but then it is just bad when you realize that this is a serious attempt at a film. Now the director ensures that the dinosaur action that we get in this film is entertaining enough. And it is for the, some parts of it, but because of the lack of story even surrounding the dinosaurs and the cliche ones surrounding the humans, there's no real sense of awe, terror, or to be found unless really one sees it in 40X. Again, more on that in a little bit, but the lack of suspense throughout the film gives it very little tension and really kept me from leaving the theater halfway through. However, I stuck to my principle of I cannot talk about a film without seeing all of it from start to end. Though it was really hard not to leave early on this one. Really, really hard. The script here devotes way too much time to its human characters, from their motivations, to their backstories, to their love relationships with each other. The acting of them is fine with the writing that they're given. Brad again is decent and so is Howard. And the old cast is very nostalgic and has their spark. But the material that they're saying to, saying to the camera is so poorly written and generic that there are times where you could switch the lines between Pratt and Neil and it would be the exact same delivery. Though the talking to raptors thing is kind of over it because he uses the same motion to talk to other dinosaurs. I guess that idea could have worked but that it's never shown really before or maybe it was and I forgot but I'm pretty confident that it was only supposed to be a thing about raptors not to every single other dinosaur and again this goes into really how poorly the film was written. The only exception to this is Goldblum's delivery and that's just because he has his own unique line delivery 
And then Wise again is also pretty good on showing why she could be a action hero because she has just this really good charismatic attitude. However, there is one character that is god awful and that's Campbell Scott who plays the villain of the film. Now, before I go into his character, let's do this quick run through of the villains of the entire franchise. The first film has Dennis Nedry who tries to give the embryos to make a second park. The second film is kind of John Hammond, but then also this other guy who's falling in his footsteps. Not really sure on that one. And then then in the third one, there's not really one. In the first Jurassic World, you have Vincent D'Onofrio as the evil poacher who wants to weaponize the raptors. In the last one, there's this redneck hunter, a guy who wants to sell off the dinosaurs. And then in some ways, if you care, the little girl who tries to kill humanity. So in this one, they make Dotson the villain. Now, if you don't remember who that is, he's in the scene with the first film's villain. He's the guy that gave Dennis the shaving cream. And why do I care about this person? He never got the embryos for this. Why do I care about where he came from and how he's now this villain? And even if you suspend your disbelief for this villain, and okay, fine. But Campbell's portrayal of him is so bad because he's trying to do this Steve Jobs impression with maybe a little mix of Elon Musk and maybe a little bit of Zuckerberg. And he's somewhat this kind of crazy genius, but then who's really awkward around people. But the awkwardness doesn't work because the way he delivers his lines and how he acts with them is that he has cue cards and that he struggles reading it. And if he did struggle reading it, I'm sorry for bringing that out. But again, it just doesn't add any tension to it because he's so silly and it doesn't look good. And going back to the, the last Jurassic World film, the cliffhanger was that the dinosaurs were set loose and they're shown at zoos and then going to place where they can find people to eat like movie theaters. But no, again, this is not the main plot. They are actually relatively under control and people feed them like birds. And then on top of that, the dinosaurs aren't even the main threat of this film. The main threat is that is a locust plague. Yes, they are big locusts and they could hurt the environment. But why do I care about a locust outbreak in a franchise that has dinosaurs in it? Yes, they're trying to do something different, but who cares? The genetic side of it doesn't add when the dinosaurs is the point of these stories. You're supposed to care about the dinosaurs. Arguably, there's about the same amount of screen time as the first film, but there's no suspense or wonder toward them. And the pacing in this film is just really bad. It opens really fast and then quickly slows down and then halfway through the exciting black market sequence happens and then it becomes really boring because the rest of the film spends the rest of the time on the island where the different subplots actually coincide for reasons and they also jump around from place to place around the world with no real sense of time. So when it comes to the 40X, honestly it was fine. It really did keep the boring scenes entertaining. The smells, the wind, and also the moving seats effects were good. However, that's really it. It was simply as good as any ride at Universal Studios, so that's fairly average for DX film. Nothing great, but not bad either. It was just there and didn't really add anything to the film watching experience. It honestly was nothing like Top Gun, Maverick, or any of the other 40X films that I've seen. What did make this experience awful was the 3D effect, which did very little. It added some depth to the film, but that's really it. I hated wearing the glasses for the entire time for only that. I've honestly never been a big fan of 3D in general, but I won't avoid it if it's the only part of 40X. But in this situation, it added little to no effect that unfortunately 
unfortunately even made the movie watching experience worse than it already was. I'm going to say that it's honestly impressive that the franchise has stuck with this for basically five movies and people are still paying money to go see it so kudos to them but overall the dinosaurs are there they look cool and again they are arguably the best part of the film especially when there are no humans around. One of the coolest scenes is when Blue is taking her kid hunting and that sequence by itself was more entertaining and more intriguing than every other human scene outside of the black market scene put together. So unfortunately, this film just ends up being not that much different from the other ones in the franchise. It's the same thing where dinosaurs chase people after they've said bad lines. And if that's good enough entertainment for you, fine. But you can't say it's anything new. Overall, it has a lot of the same issues that Jurassic Park 3 had and even similar storylines, but with almost twice the runtime. So the film really struggles with its story. It's its ending, some of its details, and honestly, most of its direction. The theme is somewhat there, but it's nothing new. Ultimately, though, this film is a step down from the already mid-feeling of the prior two films, and all three entries in the second trilogy do offer some shiny new effects and varying degrees of nostalgia. The film obviously has resulted in a decent box office return, but frankly, years from now, the one that's still going to be remembered is Spielberg's original, and not honestly the cash crabs that came after it. So I would rate this film a 1 out of 5. Now, what do you think of the film? Where does it stand in your Jurassic Park ranking? Let me know. Hit me up on social media. The formal reviews on Facebook, Twitter, and the gram, and also YouTube. The handle's all the same. It's at the formal review. Don't forget to subscribe to any of the platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere where you can find a podcast on Spotify, or even subscribe to the channel on YouTube. You can also check out The Painted Lines, where I also contribute a few other ways. And please leave a review on there so I can know how to improve, because that's really how I grow as a human being. And I want to keep this show entertaining for you all. And for anyone who has supported me, on a financial basis i thank you very much for supporting me in that way for anyone who wants to support you can go to anchor.fm forward slash the formal review click support this podcast and any donation is appreciated thank you all again for tuning in and until next time be happy enjoy life and be positive and see you at the movies thanks for tuning in to another episode of the formal review cheers and we'll see you next time